Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the Steam and Wise Guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we go against the spread once again on this weekend's National Football League and college football cards. And quite a week we've got in store this particular weekend. The college football polls are out. We're getting closer and closer to where the debates will begin about who will be playing in the college football playoffs. Victor, I know uh, talking with you before the show was a little bit of an upset week, if you will, taking a look at the top 10 ranked teams in college football. Did not serve them well last week. That's correct, Mark. Uh, before we get into it, uh, kudos for starting October Ram on a winning note, four and one for your service plays. That includes three and zero in college football over the weekend. Arkansas, Iowa, and Alabama, three strong winners on Saturday. So a really good start to your October Ram package. And the college football rankings, we do have three new teams in the rankings in the AP Top Twenty Five this week. Three teams uh, dropped out because of losses, and those teams were Wisconsin, Mississippi State, and West Virginia. And uh, we say hello this week to three new teams in the Iowa Hawkeyes with a 5-0 record. Uh, the Boise State Broncos at 4-1 and on the season. And we've even got a uh, college uh, from the MAC in the Toledo Rockets at 4-0 on the season, entering the poll at number 24. And According to what you said in this week's playbook newsletter, Mark, uh, uh, Toledo is a team that uh, could be in the poll for a few weeks now. They have a fairly easy uh, schedule uh, during the month of October, and I don't think they really have a difficult game until we get into the month of November. No, they don't, uh, other than the fact that they may not find themselves feeling too good about themselves. They're going to host Kent State this weekend, and I'll say this, two factors against Toledo when they host Kent State this week. Number one, if they read the press clippings and love the fact that they're now in the top 25, that can often mm -hmm. work against the team. And in Kent State, they're taking on a top 10 ranked defense, a team that can really bring the defense in a football game and take the other team out of its game plan, if you will. This is also a homecoming game for Toledo, and you know what we feel about homecoming games. Double-digit favorites have really, really struggled in these particular games. So I throw the cautionary flag out this particular week against Kent State. After that, it looks like pretty much clear sailing until they host Northern Illinois the first week of November. Taking a look, Victor, right. last week inside the college football games, you know, I love to do the stats, and uh, especially this time of the year where you can start weighing college football teams and how they perform in the stats as opposed to on the scoreboard. And I know there were 12 games last week, an abundance of games, if you will, where teams won the football games but were out yarded in the contest. And I love to hit on those teams that look maybe to play against those guys or play on the guys that actually perform better than the straight-up result occurred. And leading the pack last week, Victor, was Clemson, who inched out, beat Notre Dame 24-22 when the Irish failed to convert a two-point conversion, won a big, big football game, yet lost the stats 141 yards in the contest. The reason I'm bringing that up here is there's a big game for Clemson this particular week against Georgia Tech, and that oftentimes works against a team. I want to ask you this, Victor. If all of what I'm doing in setting the table here works against a team, 
what would you feel in this contest about the fact that last year Georgia Tech defeated Clemson in a big way? They upset the Tigers in that contest. What do you think of Clemson's letting down, or you think they'll be focused when Georgia Tech invades this week? That could very well be a, a letdown uh, this week, Mark, and it could be another one of these uh, top 10 teams that goes down again. You know, you just touched on the fact that uh, a lot of teams in college football, they get a big head when they enter the top 25 poll for the first time. And uh, Toledo's got to be you know careful this week against their, the Kent State Golden Flashes. But look what happened to some of the top 10 teams last week. Uh, overconfidence is killing some of these powers. You know, we've talked on this show over the years that there's basically value playing against the teams that are ranked in the top 10, whether it's in college basketball or in college football. And we've been emphasizing that point over the years that college football teams are consistently overpriced in the betting markets. The general public doesn't really understand the realities behind the mindset of the players. Number one, Ohio State last week, they missed the spread by 14 points against Indiana. Number two, Michigan State, they barely survived against Purdue. They they, they lost via the spread by 20 points in that particular game. What about number three, Ole Miss last week? They were routed by Florida. They lost via the spread by 34 points. Big-time embarrassment. You know, Florida, they're improving under the new coach, but they shouldn't be winning a matchup like this by 38 to 10. The the market basically started pricing Ole Miss like they were already the uncrowned SEC champions. And there was even three more top 10 examples of this last week, Mark. UCLA was routed at home by Arizona State. They missed a spread by 28 points. Georgia, your game against Alabama, they missed a spread by 29 points. Even number nine, LSU, in a non-conference game, they struggled against horrible Eastern Michigan. They missed the spread by 23 points. That's six games involving top 10 teams that let down again last week. Uh, again, there appears to be value playing against these top 10 teams. Uh, make sure that you handicap the teams, you handicap the scheduling spots, and even handicap the player mindsets. And in many cases, that'll tell you when to step in, when to step out, and when to fade these top 10 teams. It appears that maybe, perhaps, Victor, the collar is beginning a little bit tight on these college football teams, maybe even a month earlier than it should normally in November. We see these undefeated top 10 ranked football teams beginning to tighten up, if you will. But uh, we're seeing appearances of that beginning here in this football season here. And I don't know if that means that uh, on an overall basis that equality is beginning to even things out in college football or the fact that these top 10 ranked football teams are finding more and more pressure as the season wears on. Let's flip it over to the National Football League side of things, Victor. And uh, Before I do that, I'll mention one thing here. Uh, There's a new college football poll out now. It's called the uh, Analytics Top 25, and it's a poll of really basically uh, respected sports handicappers and media uh, analysts that cover college football. And you can check out this poll at cbxmatrix.com. I should say CF fbmatrix.com. I'm one of the participants in the poll. You can find out who my top 25 ranked teams were for the college football week this week. And I'll tell you, just like I did last week, my number one team in the country happens to be the Baylor Bears, who I think I have a hard time finding themselves not in the top slot until they play TCU and Oklahoma a bit later on in the season. But check it out at cfbmatrix.com for the 
Analytics Top 25 College Football Polls, I think you'll find an interesting slant on how the handicappers feel about the true strength of these college football teams. Now over to the National Football League side of things, Victor, and it seems like it's an annual occurrence or it's beginning to happen more and more often, uh, but here it was, the Detroit Lions, once again, they get jobbed by the Zebras last Monday night, and uh, they also happen to end up being the only winless football team in the National Football League after four weeks of the football season. Victor, you're taking what we saw or didn't see Monday night when the Lions had to leave Seattle a loser. Well, before we get to the you know last few seconds of the game, Detroit had plenty of time to show something on offense in that game, and they did not. Another fantastic effort by Seattle. They've allowed, what, 10 points at home now? in their last two games against Chicago and Detroit. So uh, the Lions had plenty of time to show something, but uh, you got to feel pretty bad for them. Uh, Yeah, they covered the point spread in the game, but the referees got that call wrong uh, when Calvin Johnson, of course, fumbled there on the goal line, was stripped of the ball, and one of the Seattle defensive players batted the ball uh, past the end line. It therefore should have been... Detroit should have been awarded the ball there at a right about the, you know, half, uh, half yard line and given the ball. But instead the referees called that incorrectly. They called it a touchback. And, uh, there's a lot more people in the NFL, whether they're fans, referees, uh, team owners, coaches who know a little bit more about the rules today than they did a couple of days ago in that particular game, uh, a tough loss for Detroit. And I've, from a personal standpoint, of course, I was rooting for Detroit to win the game because so many people had Seattle in their survivor pools, and I did not. And uh, that sure would have dropped a lot of people out of those survivor pools. But uh, you got to feel bad. Uh, Mark, I believe this is correct. That's the first time Calvin Johnson has ever fumbled the ball on a reception within the 10-yard line. That's exactly what it was. Really rare occurrence. We're likely not to ever see it again. And uh, what I took away from it the most was, Victor, was the class of which Jim Caldwell, the Detroit Lions head coach, handled the matter. He could have very well gone off to the media and spouted about being, again, once again, job by the Zebras and unfortunate that they're 0-4 rather than 1-3. But he handled it with class, uh, basically said that, you know, it happened, it happened. There's nothing we can do about it. We need to focus on what's going to happen uh, for the rest of the football season here. So kudos to Jim Caldwell on handling what was a bad situation, turning it into uh, something with a total class effort. Again, though, to me, the bottom line is the Detroit Lions are 0-4 because they've played that way in the football field. Bill Parcell said that you are what your record says you are. And the Lions have been outgained in every football game they played thus far this football season. they woke up a little bit late stages of the football game, set themselves in a position to win the game, but it goes to that same old adage, bad teams find ways to lose football games and good teams find ways to win football games. We found out what the Detroit Lions were all about on Monday night. Victor, before we go over to our college football game of the week and take our first short break here on the show, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention what's going on in the world of fantasy, daily fantasy sports. And uh, coming down right now was an ugly black eye that occurred this past week when an employee at DraftKings was found to have won $350,000 playing a game at FanDuel and was exposed to the fact that he did it through having an advantage of knowing what players that were 
used the, at DraftKings that he was able to take over to play with at FanDuel. Uh, and now all of a sudden, the industry looks like it's about to be shaken up here. And it's, it's going to be huge to the industry because it's mega popular with people right now. And I'm sure nothing, there's nothing wrong that DraftKings did or nothing wrong that FanDuel did. It was just a mistake by an employee. And to me, all of what this sets the table for is the fact that this industry de- desperately needs to be self-regulated or government-regulated, one or the other. But there needs to be regulation happening within the daily fantasy sports world. Poker uh, had suffered the same consequence before. They suffered a Black Friday, and the whole poker industry was closed up by the government because of uh, illegal ongoings within the poker industry, and we don't want to see that happen to DraftKings. Victor, your take on what, what happened this week, what happened to DraftKings, and what can we look forward to in the future down the road? You know, that industry is really, really uh, taken off, and it's pretty clear that some sort of external oversight needs to be introduced, and it has to have basically uh, complete uh, visibility into the inner workings of all the operators, and there's got to be some sort of uh, punitive levers that can be pulled to ensure liability. Basically, the issue is that data breach that you mentioned that showed uh, DraftKings and FanDuel employees, in this case DraftKings specifically, had access to proprietary information, specifically how many teams owned which specific players each week, and that those employees potentially could have used that information to win big where others couldn't. Let me just throw this out as an example. Let's say I'm working on my Millionaire Maker tournament and I'm stuck between two players uh, who have salaries that are very, very similar. And I know ahead of time that one of those players is going to be, oh, 25 to 30% owned and the other player is going to be maybe only 5 to 6% owned. Well, in my case, I'm going to want to start the player in that lineup that's less owned. It's owned by 5 or 6% rather than the 25 or 30%. Because, again, in these large tournaments in which there's thousands and thousands of people playing, you got to separate yourself somehow from the rest of the pack. So that's how that knowledge can indeed be beneficial. Yes, the games still have to play out on the field. <laughs> the players' performances still have to play out on the field. But, you know, when people think about this information and sports and wagering, they always want to point to some sort of, you know, match fixing or something, but it's not like that. You put yourself in a better position to have better results over the long run. No, it doesn't get guarantee you a win, but imagine like a paramutual wagering pool. It logically follows that if some participants have perfect or near perfect information, there will become systems that he will be able to exploit. It gives you power within the system, and regulation is overdue in the industry. Uh, I welcome it. I think that uh, it's going to happen. A little bit of a black eye for the industry. And, you know, DraftKings founder Paul Lieberman said last month in an interview that some of his employees at DraftKings actually made more money on competitors' sites than their own DraftKings salaries. And that's not going to be the case any longer, Mark. 
No, it's certainly not. But, you know, the bottom line to this whole thing here, Victor, is a good point you made is that if the industry does regulate itself or the government regulates the industry, it'll be better for everybody. Everybody will feel more mm-hmm. confident in what it is they're doing, their approach to the game, and it'll be totally 100% above board. Not that it's not now. I mean, it totally is above board. Just We had an incident here that happened unbeknownst to DraftKings and unbeknownst to FanDuel, but uh, I'm sure this is all going to take care of itself. i got to say this, Victor. I used your Fab Five teams again this week. Your yeah. that you post on the, on the website, and I cashed again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I cashed in again at DraftKings. So congratulations, nice job. And, you know that was uh, our. Uh, I think that was our, our. It may have been my four-man Carolina stacked lineup, which included uh, the quarterback and a few other Carolina players. That particular lineup did uh, finish in the money if you used it. So we're pleased. We're going to have. Five more of these Fab Five lineups. They'll be posted on the Playbook.com website on Thursday. And between you and me, I finished in the money again for the second week in a row in the Millionaire Maker Tournament. It wasn't a lot of money, but it was about six or seven times the entry fee. And it was certainly enough money for me to play the Millionaire Maker maybe two or three times this week instead of once uh, like I did last week. What I'm waiting for, Victor, is you to come to me and say, hey, you know, I just made more money in the DraftKings pool than I do here at Playbook. (laughs) I mean, we'll work on a system and patent that particular system at that point. (laughs) But I encourage everybody to check out DraftKings.com. Get yourself into the Millionaire Maker this particular weekend. Not only will you have a chance to make some good dollars, but you also have a good time doing it. It puts another emphasis on watching the football games. You're in the games from start to finish. Participate in the Daily Fantasy Contest this week in the Millionaire Maker at DraftKings.com. Don't you go away. When we come back, Victor and I, we're going to tear down our College Football Game of the Week and the National Football League Games of the Week and a whole lot more when we're back here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. This is why Mark Lawrence only endorses mybookie.ag. Call toll free at 1 844 900 2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need. Guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as an Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Attention all serious football fans. If you follow the best football newsletters in the nation, now you can get them all at the all-new Playbook Newsletter Superstore. One visit allows you to download the best publications in the nation, including the Gold Sheet, Victor King's NFL Totals Tip Sheet, PointWise, Sports Reporter, The Playbook, Power Sweep, The Logical Approach, The Green Sheet, and The Gridiron Gold Sheet. Check it out now at PlaybookSuperstore.com or download your weekly newsletters on the all-new Playbook Cube. That's every major football newsletter on the market today. Now available at PlaybookSuperstore.com. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going 
against the spread in this weekend's college and national football league cards. It's time for our college football game of the week, a traditional rivalry. It's the Red River rivalry that takes place annually inside the Big 12 Conference when Texas takes on Oklahoma. Victor, your take on this matchup between the Longhorns and the Sooners this Saturday. Should be a lot of fun, Mark. Should be a lot of points in the game as well. Uh, before I get into uh, my take on the game, Mark, we got to mention the newsletters as well. Playbook newsletter, midweek alert newsletter, totals tip sheet newsletter. Uh, it's been a good season thus far. We're about one quarter into the season. Totals tip sheet had their second 3-0 sweep of the year. That's two 3-0 sweeps in the first four weeks of the season. We got it up to 9-3 and ATS uh, for best bets on the season. And uh, this week's issue, of course, available at playbook.com already. Uh, we can't forget our playbook newsletter. Having a very good season uh, thus far. Eight and one on the five-star best bets, Mark. Very, very nicely done. 19 and eight ATS on the season for a profit of plus 49.2 net units for the playbook newsletter. Uh, this week's issue just came out last night. Of course, we're recording the podcast on Wednesday morning. And the current the playbook newsletter already up on the website for $10, and we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the midweek alert newsletter, 3-0 and with best bets, 3-0 and with the additional opinion plays, a very nice 6-0 and for the midweek alert newsletter as well, and that'll be out sometime on uh, Wednesday evening. So a uh, very nice start for the newsletters as well, and it looks like Oklahoma's going to have a really nice start in this college football game of the week. We're talking about 12 noon Eastern time. That's 11 local time there in Big D, for Oklahoma versus Texas Red River rivalry. Uh, high over-under line this week and a high point spread as well. Oklahoma favored somewhere in the area of 17 points, and they're already up from uh, the opening line of minus 13 in the game. So there is definitely some sooner action coming in on the game. The over-under line opened at 63 points. That's come down a couple points to the current number of 61 as we record this show. So based on the point spread and the over-under line, the predicted final score, according to the odds makers, is Oklahoma 39, Texas 22. And that's just about right in my book if you're talking about the Oklahoma Sooners. They've averaged 39.4 points per game in winning four out of the last five in this particular series. The over has gone four and one in those last five games as well. They've been some pretty high-scoring games. Last year, the game went over the total by 12 points in Oklahoma's uh, 31-26 win. The year before, in 2013, that was the only under of the last five years, and that game only went under by one point. We go back to 2012, that game went over by 29.5 points, and that was that big Oklahoma 63-21 to win. The year prior to that was a big Oklahoma win of 55-17. to That game went over by 16 points. And then back in 2010, that game went over as well, Oklahoma winning 28-20. to So the average margin in the last five meetings between these two teams has been the over has covered by 11.5 points per game. So we're talking double digits in regards to the over, and it's one of the reasons why I do think we're going to see a high-scoring game here. Oklahoma basically puts the pedal to the metal, and uh, there's basically no let-up here. The Sooners 2-2 two and two over-under on the season this year. They did go over the total in their only conference game against West Virginia. That was uh, last week. 
two and three over under for the Texas Longhorns on this season. They've gone under the total in each of their two conference games. Average line in Longhorn games, 58.3. Average score, 62.8. Oklahoma Sooner games have averaged 64.3. And uh, the Longhorns, they're having their problems on defense. I'm sure you'll mention that, Mark, in your uh, side play discussion of the game. Let's see now. Uh, after being bludgeoned last week by the Horn Frogs, the Longhorns are now 108 ranked nationally in run defense, 113th in scoring defense, and 118th in passing defense, and 119th in overall defense. The poor Longhorns are averaging 507 yards per game on defense. That's going to have to improve this week if they're going to compete with the Texas Longhorns. You know, on offense, Texas's offense, they seem to take off once freshman Jared Hurd took the reins. Uh, dual-threat type quarterback for the Longhorns, using his legs to extend plays and create uh, yardage out of virtually nothing. Uh, they had some issues, though, when uh, offensive tackle Kent Perkins went down, and things have kind of come unglued a little bit for Texas. Before he suffered his knee injury in the third quarter of that Oklahoma State game, the Longhorns were averaging 8.1 yards per play on offense. Since then, the number has plummeted to 3.4 yards. That's going to have to improve this week against Oklahoma. In terms of the over-under mark, we're going to go with the flow. We're going to uh, probably play uh, you know, a little bit enough to make the game interesting as they kick off at 12 noon Eastern, but we'll be looking for a high-scoring game again in the Red River rivalry as Oklahoma takes on Texas. Victor King goes over the total in the Texas-Oklahoma showdown game Saturday citing the Texas defense, the Oklahoma offense, and Victor, good points there. I mean, you're talking about a Texas defense that is a 500-yard defense, unheard of for a Charlie Strong football team, as opposed to the Oklahoma offense, which is a 500-yard offense. So it doesn't bode well going into the contest, at least for Texas. They come in here now just 7-11 and in their 18 games since Charlie Strong took over the program. So the heat is definitely on. Charlie Strong to have to improve this football team. And it looked like he was beginning to do just that uh, up until last week's blowout loss against TCU. They had lost by one point to California in a in a furious rally in which they failed to kick an extra point to tie the game. Then they lost the following week by three points to Oklahoma State. So maybe the combination of coming so close in, like in horseshoes and not throwing the ringer in either of those two games meant with a lot of exhaustion and letdown in the TCU game last week. We're going to find out all about that. What we do know about Texas, though, is they are, have been really good in games that they're getting wiped out their previous game. In games off a loss of 20 or more, they're 17-8-1 straight up, 16-9-1 to the spread. All promising numbers for Texas, at least that way, historically looking at the, from that perspective, going into this contest. I meant about Oklahoma and that powerful offense that they have here, led by Baker Mayfield, the walk-on who transferred in from Texas Tech and has really taken over this Oklahoma offense, doing a terrific job that way this football season here. Last week, they knocked off undefeated West Virginia, and they come into this contest undefeated, does Oklahoma. We note that in the newsletter, the Playbook newsletter this week, that Oklahoma, when they've taken on Texas and they've had it, a perfect record undefeated. They're 10-0 straight up, 8-2 to the spread to continue their winning ways. The downside for Oklahoma in this contest is the fact that the last 12 times they've played double digits in Big 12 football games are just 3-9 and nine to the point spread. And 
maybe you can say that they might look a little bit past Texas this particular week. I know it's a rivalry football game, but the fact of the matter is they're installed as whopping favorites in this contest. Everybody almost concedes a victory to Oklahoma. They do have a big revenge game with Kansas State waiting on deck next week here, so there could be a tinge of a look ahead here for Oklahoma in the contest. The bottom line to me is I'm going to take the points in this game for one simple reason for my database. I love playing with 17 returning starter underdog teams, as is Texas, when they're in off three losses in a row playing with revenge and the last loss being by 20 or more points. The combination of all those factors together with these 17 returning starter underdogs makes them 13 and two to the spread. It's a pretty strong, powerful number for an embarrassed 17 returning starter experienced football team. I'll take the points with Texas for my side in the Oklahoma Red River rivalry showdown game this Saturday. Don't you go away. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear down our National Football League game of the week. We've got a dandy non-conference matchup, and we'll hop out to Las Vegas and get the Vegas vibe from Andy Isco to find out what's going on in Vegas this weekend when we come back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. There is only one football newsletter on the market today, documented number one win percentage, and it's the Playbook Football Newsletter. Playbook has the top win percentage of all football newsletters in the nation, according to the Phil Steele Power Sweep Newsletter Contest. Only Playbook has best bets, wise guys contest picks, awesome angles, and incredible stats, plus complete analysis write-up on every college and NFL game, along with Victor King's NFL Over-Under Trends and Mark Lawrence's weekly Bet You Didn't Know column, as seen in the USA Today Sports Weekly. Get your weekly Playbook football newsletter online at playbook.com and get every edge imaginable this football season. That's the weekly Playbook football newsletter, available now at playbook.com. Hey, sports fans, football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence. We're going against the spread with Victor King on this week's show, and it's time for our National Football League Game of the Week. We're going to go non-conference game this week when the Seattle Seahawks take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Seattle fresh off their rallying or defending, I should say, defying game victory over Detroit Monday night, taking on the undefeated Cincinnati Bengals. Victor, your take on the Seahawks and the Bengals this Sunday. Cincinnati opened up one and a half uh, after the events and results of Monday night. The line right now is two and a half to three points. The Bengals slightly bigger favorite uh, based on a Seattle team that struggled in their Monday night win. And uh, 
Speaking of struggling, you know, poor Russell Wilson of the Seahawks, he must be a big Steven Seagal movie fan because he was under siege on Monday night, that is for <laughs> sure. Six sacks in the game for Detroit against uh, Russell Wilson and the uh, Seahawks. Uh, great defense, yes, but he, they are definitely having their difficulties on offense this season. The Bengals, of course, off that big 36-21 win over the Chiefs, one of the few undefeateds this year, 4-0 for Cincinnati on the season. They're doing it on offense. Seattle's doing it on defense. we got two basically opposite teams taking, each, taking on each other this week in the Queen City. The over-under line opened at 44, and it's dropped a full point down to 43. Cincinnati comes in, as I mentioned, with a great offense. 3-1 and one over-under on the season. Average line in Cincinnati games, 45.3, and average score, 49.5. Very, very close to 50 points per game in Cincinnati Bengal games this season. On the reverse side, and it is a complete reversal, the Seahawks won and three over-under on the season. They went over the total in their very first game of the year, that rodeo game against the St. Louis Rams. They have now gone under in three straight games. Average line, 44.3. And average points scored in Seattle games this season, only 39.5. So, again, we're talking about opposites. Cincinnati is scoring and allowing a lot of points this season. Seattle's not scoring a lot of points at all, but they're not uh, allowing a lot, playing very, very good defense. Cincinnati comes in number two offense in the NFL, 422 yards per game. Number 19 defense at 365. A very good rush defense, I might add, though. They're allowing only 85 Rushing yards per game, but 280 through the air. It appears that if Seattle is going to win this game, it's going to have to be on the arm of Russell Wilson. And I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Uh, I don't see the uh, I don't see that in in him at all. Yes, it looks like it'll be a beast mode week again. He he should be back this week, Marshawn Lynch. But uh, Cincinnati again, a very very difficult team to run against. The Seahawks come in with the number 19 offense in terms of yards per game at 345.7. Very good defense, number two overall, right behind the Denver Broncos, 278.7. Now, this is a series in which the over has done pretty, pretty good. The over has gone 5-1 and one in the last six meetings when these two teams play each other with an average of 46.8 points per game. With that said, though, Mark, uh, however, I'm leaning toward the under. I think the line move is working in the right direction, and it could c conceivably come down another half point to a point, so you'll probably want to get a little bit of your action in as soon as possible. I do like Cincinnati in the game as well, and I use them as one of our uh, selections this week for, the, uh, for King Creole and the Wise Guy contest. But I do like the under in this particular game. You know, teams off a low-scoring Monday home win, they come out with a very low-scoring result in their next game, 1-11 over-under for all NFL road teams off a Monday home win that also went under the total, providing the over-under line is 46 or less points that applies to the Seahawks this week. So I think we're going to see a lower-scoring game than people anticipate. We're talking somewhere in the neighborhood of 20-17, uh, to 21-17. to 17. So we've got about four or five points of value on the Bengals and the Seahawks under the total. Victor King leaning under the total when the Seahawks take on the Bengals in Cincinnati this Sunday in a matchup of what hopes to be two playoff teams. Seattle at least hopes they'll be in the playoffs after their rocky 2-2 two and two start to begin the football season. The good news for the Seahawks, 
Cam Chancellor is back in the lineup, and he made a major impact Monday night when he caused the fumble by Calvin Johnson, which created all the controversy on the end of the football game uh, when Calvin Johnson appeared to be ready to score in the contest. But his presence in that defense is certainly going to solidify the Seattle defense. In fact, they've now held their last two opponents to season-low yards as a Seattle defense, and that's what they're all about defense. And uh, I did my article for the USA Today uh, two weeks ago uh, in the USA Today Sports Weekly, and I commented about the after effect of what teams suffer after they take on the Seattle Seahawks. And it's been devastating since Pete Carroll's had this football team and largely because of their defense. Their defense has improved each and every year since Pete Carroll's been a Seattle Seahawks head coach. And we'll look for that defense to continue to improve now that Cam Chancellor is back in the defensive backfield. The bad news for the Seattle Seahawks? They're defending Super Bowl losers, and we keep hitting on that because defending Super Bowl losers have really struggled the following year, especially on the road in non-division football games. And in fact, in non-division football games, when they're away and taking on an undefeated team, as is Cincinnati, defending Super Bowl losers are just 2-11 and straight up and 4-9 and to the point spread. The Cincinnati Bengals come in here as we mentioned undefeated on the football season. They started out 4-0 and straight up and against the spread their first four football games. They appear to be or seem to be a team possessed. I think Andy Dalton is driven to get this football team back in the playoffs and then do what he's never done, that's win a playoff game. They're hitting on all cylinders right now. My only concern is last week when I looked at the midweek alert this week, I noted that inside the stats, the Bengals did allow Kansas City a season-high 461 yards last week. They're going to have to tighten things up defensively if they're going to go toe-to-toe with Seattle because we know Seattle's going to bring that ferocious defense into this contest. Good news for Cincinnati, their last 15 games against NFC non-conference opponents, they've gone 12-2-1 straight up, 10-3-2 against the spread. Uh, I guess you take a look at this football game here. I'm going to look at the Cincinnati Bengals along with Victor in the contest here. I think momentum works a big, plays a big, big factor in football games uh, for teams, especially when they're undefeated. I'll face Seattle in the Super Bowl loser jinx. Remember, Seattle has never won a football game at an AFC North site. Since the AFC North was formulated, Seattle's gone six times into AFC North sites. They've never won a game. They're 0-6 straight up. 0-4-2 against the spread. I think that continues Sunday. I'll back the Cincinnati Bengals for my side in this football game. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And it's time to hop out to Las Vegas as we check in with our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. Andy, how's everything going for you in Vegas these days? Everything is going very well, Mark. Hope the same is for you down in South Florida. It sure is. Uh, we're a little bit coachless down here, if you will. Joe Philbin, as you know, was given the axe by the Miami Dolphins this particular week, and Al Golden is also a college football coach that's under the hot seat right now, so it remains to be seen how Golden uh, fares this particular football season, but Miami in quest of another new football coach, which seems to be the norm down here in Miami for these football teams. These fans only want winners. They'll settle for nothing less than that, and they demanded Joe Philbin be given the pink slip. He was, so we'll see what happens in the Miami Dolphins when they come back after the bye week next week. Andy, all in all, Victor and I were talking about uh, the National Football League as we're heading now uh, into the season. Only one winless team in the Detroit Lions and a, a handful of uh, undefeated football teams 
What's the talk in Vegas right now about these undefeated football teams? Uh, is there, do you anticipate there being money that will continue to come with these teams as they're undefeated, or will the Sharps want to step in their way and look for value in fading them? Well, the Sharks will normally will come in and fade these teams who will be laying a little bit more than they should be because of the fact that they have been public teams and that they do remain unbeaten deeper into the season. In fact, one place in town has already put up on a prop on whether or not Green Bay or New England will go uh, unbeaten for the season. And, of course, the price was something like minus 2,000 on the uh, on the no with about a take back of about plus 1,200 on the yes that they will. And that price will go down. Uh, the Sharps will not be laying the minus 2,000 on the no. They will wait for it to go uh, for, the, for the price to come down as the Packers and or the Patriots continue unbeaten maybe seven, eight, nine weeks into the season and the price becomes a little bit more reasonable. The public will continue to back these uh, favored teams. The, one, the, the, the interesting note about the six unbeaten teams is that two of them hail from the same division and they hail from the division that produced a division champion last year that was 7-8-1, and and I'm speaking of the Atlanta Falcons and those defending champion Carolina Panthers. Uh, Now the NFC North, uh, or the NFC South, excuse me, is producing two of the best teams in football in the early going, and two of the weakest, the significant gap between the Panthers-Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New Orleans Saints. As they say, Andy, who'd have thunk it? Two undefeated teams coming out of the NFC South, but that's the case this year. Dan Quinn's done a great job with the Falcons and the Carolina Panthers continue to stay under the radar doing just what they need to do to win football games. Andy, what's the talk in uh, Vegas now about the Super Contest? I know we're... uh, a month into it, four weeks, and I think, I don't know if the uh, at the top they're beginning to separate themselves, or is there still congestion amongst the leaders in the Superbook contest? Well, uh, it, it's interesting because the contest itself is somewhat mirroring the results of the content consensus through the first three weeks, as we talked about last week, the consensus census had gone 11 and 4 the top 5 plays each week 11 and 4 this past week they went 4 and 1 although interestingly the most popular play was the one loser and that was the Arizona Cardinals 573 of the 1727 contestants uh, were on Arizona laying the points and of course they were not only failed to cover they lost outright at home being upset by the St. Louis Rams so for the season through 4 weeks the consensus of the top 5 plays 15 and 5 which also happens to be the record of just about 5% of the contestants. 81 contestants are at 15-5 and five or better. Now, of course, uh, you get a point for each win, a half point for each push. Uh, roughly 20 points available, so 15 points represents hitting at a 75% clip. 81 contestants hitting at, better than, uh, hitting at, excuse me, at 75% or better. The one leader is at 90%, hitting 18-2. and two. Three contestants are at 73%, two at 16-3-1. And and then you go down to 23 contestants at 16-4, and four, uh, another five at 15-4-1. and one. The contest pays the top 50 places and ties, and in that 50th place and tie category, 47 contestants at 
15 and 5. So the Super Contest contestants off to a remarkable start this year. Now, part of the uh, reason for so many contestants doing well is a very large field, 1,727 contestants, a record field. At the same time, the fact that the consensus itself, which considers every selection made by all contestants as 15 and 5, is testament to the fact that at least through the first four weeks, the first quarter of the season, there's been some very, very sharp handicapping taking place in the uh, most prestigious handicapping tournament around. A lot of winners taking place in the Superbook contest. It sounds like 18-2 and two for the leader. That's really, really strong. And, Andy, uh, before I turn over to Victor, I know he wants to ask you a question here. Uh, we touched a little bit last week on the advanced lines that Jay Cornegay from the Westgate Superbook sends out each week. And uh, looking at last week's advanced lines, it looks like there's quite a few games, maybe four or so, that are noteworthy of the numbers that he sent out last week as opposed to the way the games have settled in. Any thoughts that you have on the lines that were sent out last week as opposed to what they're dealing this week. Very briefly, I'll talk about six games. The Baltimore Ravens were projected to be an eight-and-a-half-point home favorite against Cleveland prior to taking the field against Pittsburgh last week. Of course, they won in overtime. Cleveland acquitted themselves very, very well in losing by a field goal at San Diego. So we've seen an adjustment of a line-and-a-half. When the line was reposted Sunday afternoon following San Diego's defeat of Cleveland, the Ravens were only seven-point road favorites. The Atlanta Falcons were projected to be seven-and-a-half-point home favorites against Washington following uh, this week's action especially Washington's comeback, but more, more, more importantly, Atlanta's impressive win over Houston, leading 42 nothing after three quarters. The Falcons opened up again as nine-point home favorites. However, the public thus far has suggested that the original number from last week of seven and a half was a better number, and that line has gone down from nine to seven. Kansas City was expected to be and had been a 12-point home favorite over Chicago when the game was reposted following Sunday's actions. Uh, Chicago got a close win. Kansas City had another loss on the road. Kansas City, a 10-point home favorite. The most interesting one of the week involves Seattle and Cincinnati. Last week, Seattle was a two-and-a-half-point road favorite at Cincinnati. When the Bengals won their game against Kansas City on Sunday, the line came up, and Cincinnati was a one-point home favorite. Then following Seattle's struggles on offense Monday night against Detroit and so much fortunate win, the line, which was taken off the board while Seattle was playing, came back up Tuesday morning, Cincinnati now a or opened a three-point favorite. That's a five-and-a-half-point line adjustment. It is back down to two-and-a-half. That's still a five-point adjustment, crossing zero. Denver opened a six-and-a-half or was a six-and-a-half-point favorite last week. They opened at six, but the early money this week has driven that line down to four-and-a-half. A lot of support for the Oakland Raiders. And finally, the San Diego Chargers. They were a six-and-a-half-point home favorite against Pittsburgh uh, last uh, before last Thursday night's game. Of course, the Steelers lost at home in overtime. San Diego had lots of offensive line problems, lots of offensive line injuries. When that line was reposed following their narrow victory over the Cleveland Browns, San Diego, a three-point home favorite, a significant adjustment of three-and-a-half points. A lot of major moves on the lines this week were sent out from the Westgate Superbook contest from last week to this week, all run down by Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. And, Victor, I know you got a question you'd like to run by Andy this week as well. I certainly do, Andy. I got a buddy of mine who lives in Houston, and he sent me a tweet uh, this morning, Wednesday morning, in regards to the Thursday night game. You know, the Texans are hosting the Colts this week, and he was kind of making fun of the fact that uh, 
pretty bad Houston quarterback Ryan Mallett actually has a higher total QBR rating than Andrew Luck. And I found that very, very hard to believe, but I went to the ESPN website and I'll be damned. Andrew Luck is ranked number 31 in the league in total QBR rating for this season. Ryan Mallett's ranked number 23. The guy was absolutely correct, and that kind of blew me away a little bit. My question is, you know, we record the show here on Wednesday morning, so a lot of people will be downloading and listening to the podcast on Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday evening, Thursday throughout the course of the day. I have not seen a line yet for the Thursday night game based on his status this week. Have you seen a point spread? Have you seen an over-under line? And will Andrew Luck play this Thursday? Well, the report that came out on Tuesday night was that uh, Andrew Luck was cleared to go and expected to play on Thursday night. And, of course, the sportsbooks did wait until getting some validation or verification of that. So lines did not go up until early on Wednesday morning. And when the lines came up, it still showed the uh, Indianapolis Colts that not every book has put it up as a one-point uh, road favorite at Houston for, 30, uh, for Thursday night with a total of 45. There are some books that I've seen uh, one and a half. There are some books that even have this game around pick them, and I think as the game draws draws closer, we'll see with more certainty that Andrew Luck, who has struggled throughout the season in the uh, three games that he did play, and thus the the close proximity to pick him is pretty much warranted, even though the Houston quarterback situation is not much much better. In fact, you detailed ranking 23 and 31 for the two quarterbacks. That suggests that both teams are having offensive problems. As far as the Thursday night game is concerned, Houston's season all but rides on a successful uh, effort on Thursday night because if they lose again, they, the quarterback issues are not going away, and they will have created a deficit between them and the Indianapolis Colts, who may be starting to get things a little bit better, and maybe the injury that kept Andrew Luck out of the uh, game, the, the Week Four game, may have been had something to do with his poor performance earlier in the season. All in all, it looks like the Indianapolis Colts going to have their hands full when they take on the Houston Texans Thursday night. We note in the newsletter that the Colts have played really, really well on Thursdays, 11-1 to the spread. Andrew Luck has dissected the division, the AFC South. He's owned that division since he's been a starting quarterback. But look inside at what happened to the Colts last week. They won their football game, yet were out-yarded over 100 yards in the contest. A lot's going to depend on the condition, the physical health of Andrew Luck. We'll find all about that Thursday night when they take on the Houston Texans. Andy? Before I let you go, I'd like to remind our listeners out there two things. Number one, that they can download your newsletter at thelogicalapproach.com. Or if you would let our listeners know, give them your phone number. If you would, if they want to contact you directly, they can do that. And also, before I let you go, your complimentary play on the show, if you would. Sure. I think the best way to contact me would be uh, via email. Uh, that would be logical7, L-O-G-I-C-A-L, the number 7, at cox.net. That's C-O-X.net. That's the easiest way to get a hold of me and certainly hold my attention. As far as the complimentary play this week, this is going to be one that may scare a lot of people, but it comes up very solidly according to the fundamentals. When I look at college totals, I place a great deal of emphasis on yards per play, both offense and 
and defense. And I look for teams that either show very high combined numbers, if you add the offensive and defensive numbers together and they're large, or you add them together and they're very small, they point to efficiencies or inefficiencies that match up offense and defense. And one such game this week has what will probably be the lowest college football total that we will see all season. Last week we saw a game between Boston College and Duke that qualified. It was a total of 36.5. That game turned out to be 9-7. We may see a game similar to that this week in the Big Ten, the matchup between 4-1 and Michigan and 4-0 and Northwestern, at least uh, not counting the Northwestern win against Eastern Illinois because I only look at the uh, FCS, uh, excuse me, the FBS statistics. Michigan leads the nation, allowing just 3.1 yards per play. Northwestern number seven at 4.1. Both teams are average to below average uh, uh, offensively, and they've combined to play a total of no overs and nine unders this year. I'm going to look for this game to be a low-scoring game. My computer models support this contention, predicting Michigan to win 17-11, to 11, so that even provides a little additional margin of safety. So it may be uh, tough to go to the window and say, play me under in the lowest-scoring game of the season, in the lowest total of the season, but that's exactly what I've done. Andy Isco says, get the no-dos out ready if you're going to watch this game between Michigan and Northwestern. He goes under the total for his complimentary play on the football show this weekend. Once again, I encourage you to check out TheLogicalApproach.com for all the information about Andy Isco's services. Andy, a great job on the show once again this week. I'm going to wish you the very best of luck, and we'll look forward to visiting with you once again next week here on the show. Mark, Victor, have great weeks. Enjoy the football, and may uh, the scales of football uh, balance tilt in your favor. Thank you so much, Andy. That was Andy Isco. We got the Vegas vibe. We found out exactly what's going on in Las Vegas this week. Another great report from Andy. Don't you go away. When Victor and I come back, we're going to put the final wraps on the show. We'll share with you my awesome angle of the weekend, Victor and I's complimentary plays when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. new playbook cube is hands down the easiest to use sports information app on the market today whether it's lines scores streaming alerts newsletter downloads injuries or betting tools the playbook cube has it all to download your playbook cube free of charge simply visit the apple app store the google play store or the amazon store find out for yourself why the playbook app received a five-star rating Only on the Playbook Cube will you find sports pages covering every NFL and college football team, college and NFL coaches and NFL starting quarterback spread records, power ratings, football newsletters, and much more. That's the Playbook Cube, C-U-B-E. It's where day trading meets sports gaming. Get your cube today and start winning tonight. Hey, sports fans. Football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. 
What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week on the show this week. It goes in the world of college football. We call it the road to ruin. And what we're looking to do is to play against any college football road favorite in game six of the season if they're undefeated and allowing more than 16 points a game on the year if this happens to be their second road game of the season. These undefeated football teams have met with tragedy in this road to ruin, going just 2-13 and 13 to the spread in this particular role since 1980. That becomes an 87% play-against situation. This week we'll be playing against the Florida Gators and Michigan State for our road to ruin plays on the football card this week. We fade Florida and we fade Michigan State for our awesome angle plays this week. And with that, I want to hand it over to Victor King from King Creole Sports with his complimentary play on the football show this week. And Victor, also, if you would, let our listeners know what you've got on tap at King Creole Sports this weekend. Absolutely, Mark. Had a really good weekend in the NFL. If you uh, followed our tip sheet plays last week, they went 3-0. and And, of course, we had that four-star over of the week. That was in the Cardinals-Rams game. And even though Arizona was held the five field goals in the game, it still went over the total. That game cashed as well. There are two overs we like a lot this week in the NFL, and they are they are available in this week's totals tip sheet, Mark. You can get it at the Playbook Superstore. Uh, in addition to all of the best newsletters across the country, the Hot Playbook Newsletter, the Hot Midweek Alert, the totals tip sheet, it's all available at www.playbooksuperstore.com. And for this week's free play, we're going to uh, go to Speedy, courtesy of the totals tip sheet and his under of the week. And that's going to be going in the Cleveland Browns uh, Baltimore Ravens game. The over underline currently somewhere in the neighborhood of about 43 and a half. And you got to feel a little bit bad for the Baltimore Ravens. If you ask me, they're down to basically a junior varsity offense, if you will. You know, Joe Flacco could be without as many as five starters on offense this week. If you include first round pick Brashard Perryman, tight end uh, Dennis Pitta, there's a very good chance that they're going to be about uh, their main man, Steve Smith Sr., tight end Crockett Gilmore, and even left tackle Eugene Monroe. So as a result, Baltimore is forced to become a killer running team. And you can see part of that happening in last Thursday night's win against the Pittsburgh Steelers when they were forced to run the ball 39 times and looked pretty good in doing so. Let's not forget that the average rushing play in the NFL takes about 40 seconds, so it would not surprise us at all if Baltimore put the the ball on the ground in their three running back committee and rushed the ball 40 times or more against the Cleveland Browns. This is a Cleveland-Baltimore series in which the under has gone 8-1 and one in the last nine meetings with an average of only 34.8 combined uh, points per game now. We're well aware that Cleveland games have gone uncharacteristically over this season. All four Cleveland games have gone over. They're one of only four teams in the NFL that have gone over the total 
in every single game thus far. However, that does create value on the under. Game five teams in the NFL, all four straight overs in a row, like the Cleveland Browns, have gone two and 14 over under. That's two overs, 14 unders, when the over under line is 52 or less points. Now, Cleveland, of course, they had a, a trip out west, and as Andy mentioned in his segment, they did a pretty good job hanging tough with the San Diego Chargers. They almost beat the Chargers in that game. They lost 30 to 27. Road underdogs of four more points off a road loss in which they scored and allowed 27 points like the Browns have gone one and nine over under since the 2009 season. With this game, the host Ravens, they are concluding a stretch of three straight division games in a row. They played Cincinnati three weeks ago. They played Pittsburgh Steelers. They played the Cleveland Browns this week. Home favorites are nine or less in their third straight division game in a row have gone 2-12 and 12 over under when the over under line is 39 or greater points. And we also note finally in our database that, yes, Baltimore is off a Thursday night win in their most recent game. NFL favorites off a Thursday night road win, like the Ravens have gone 1-10 and 10 over under in the last three seasons. We're going under the total courtesy of Spe- uh, Speedy Browns and the Ravens in this AFC North Division clash. Victor King goes under the total in the Ravens-Browns divisional football matchup Sunday for his complimentary play on the show this week, and I encourage you to download the totals tip sheet off a sweep last week. You can tell Victor's been on a nice winning run here, a major winning run of late. Check it out. All of his plays this week online for King Creole Plays at Playbook. Before I get to my complimentary play on the football show this week, I want to encourage our listeners to check out mybookie.ag. They're the only sports book that I recommend, Mark Lawrence, personally. If you like fast, friendly customer service and plenty of bonuses when you sign up to open up your account, check it out at mybookie.ag. Mention the playbook and get yourself on-the-spot instant bonuses added into your account. Log on at mybookie.ag or call toll-free at 1-855-612-BETS. That's 1-855-612-2387. One quick reminder here also, my $99 football weekend of winners, once again this weekend, will feature my college football underdog game of the month. We come up big last weekend with our college football false favorite game of the month play when Arkansas took down Tennessee. We went 4-1 and one last weekend on our $99 Football Weekend of Winners. I encourage you to join me now for that or our five-star Octoberama featuring every football play I make throughout the next four weeks of football, the month of October. Call me toll-free next for information to get on board at 1-800-321-7777 or sign up on the website at playbook.com. My complimentary play on the college football card this week we're going to take the points with the Syracuse Orange men when they take on South Florida in a football game down here in Tampa this particular weekend. Syracuse comes into the game 3-1 and one off their first loss of the season, and they acquitted themselves well in a 10-point loss to mighty powerful LSU last weekend. This will be the first road game for the Orange this year. However, they've been 5-1 to the spread in their first road game of the season in the last six games. They also come into this contest 5-0 and straight up and against the spread when playing with rest against non-conference opponents. Taking a look here also on the other side of the coin, you're taking a look at South Florida, a football team here that is really mired with a lack of an offense, this football team has played three FBS opponents this year. 
They've been out-yarded by over 100 yards in each of the football games they've played. They're 0-8-1 to the spread the last nine games when they've been at home in a point spread of less than 10 points, favorite or dog. I'm going to back the better team, the Orangemen, in this contest. will play Syracuse over South Florida for my complimentary play on the football show this week. And that's going to put the final wraps in this edition of Mark Lawrence against the spread. I want to thank Victor King from King Creole Sports, Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com, and our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above. Until next week, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always. <laughs>